0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Good morning and welcome to the morning beat. I feel loved as well because my co-host came back from Las Vegas.
2: Hi, honey. She took
1: care of her family stuff Hopefully, everything is okay. I'm sure you'll give us an update. Uh, but we're glad to have you back in studio. It feels nice.
2: Thank you so much. Listen, I love my family and I love Lisa's family. But I've never been happier to be back. Okay, <laughs> are you, are you yesterday, tired? I'm so tired. And it came off the heels of my album release party. Sure. Even just yesterday, I was telling Vanessa I was recording from Lisa's mom's house and I was in Lisa's mom's uh, office doing the show. She came in like three times and was like, do you want more coffee? Do you want some? Anything? And I was like, girl, I'm on the, we're live. We're here. good. So get, get out of here. Get out of here. appreciate it. get Skedaddle. Yeah, skedaddle, please. Uh, yeah, it was good. Family's a lot, though. I'm happy that I uh, have the opportunity to take care of mine. Um, But I'm happy to be back more.
1: It's interesting you say that because you are planning. uh, You've got a gig coming up in October. So you're going to be taking some time off for like a week. And I'm going to as well, since you are, I'm going to take my vacation time the same week. Yeah. And I have been looking about looking into going back home to Ohio to see my cousin who moved there to see my mom, my dad, people I haven't seen since the wedding. And so we're looking at flights and I used to go home to Ohio for like 10, 11 days. And Too long, it, honey. Then it was like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, five might be the sweet spot, and I'm going <laughs> to divide that between two different locations. Yeah. So yeah, I hear you. Family, the older you get, the more... got we love them.
2: Love them. But we it's a lot. We love them. I will say, though, always a pleasure is my little baby niecey girl, and she is at this age where she is in love with me. She thinks I'm the greatest person in the entire world. So I like her... And I like my nephew. But that's it.
1: Well, I still have a bone to pick with her. She was why? at your album release party and wouldn't even say hi to me. She so. didn't say
2: hi to you? No. That's why she was busy on the red carpet.
1: She was. And then she, <laughs> and then she was Shy Girl when you picked her up why on she stage. was Shy Girl? I don't know. Yesterday I said... I'm very tall, so a kid that size looks up at me and that's scary. But I'm it sure. didn't
2: make me feel good because I had this dream that the two of you were going to meet and fall in love. In my dream, she was sitting in your lap. She was obsessed with you. All of which she probably will be well, when did, the time is right. We
1: did meet once at uh, the Abbey.
2: No, remember when she came into <laughs> the morning show with us? Oh, yeah,
1: she did do that too. And she then sat she in the was so
2: bored after <laughs> her hour. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my little schnookie, So schnookie. I guess
1: we've met three times now, and only one time has she looked me in the eyes. <laughs> Way to go, Natalia! Way to go, Way to go, Natalia! Oh, we have a great show coming up for you, though. Um, this is so sweet. I love that our producer started things off. She she listens to me. Today is my ten-year anniversary.
2: Uh, That's right, honey. Ten years.
1: I know. We don't know if
2: that's a big deal. Yeah.
1: Well, my parents are the fourteenth, so we just made it the fifteenth. And I have an ex whose birthday is the fourteenth, so we made it the fifteenth. Many, (laughs) many years ago, I don't know what the actual date was, but we've celebrated on the fifteenth for many, many years. And we're going to kick off things here in just a moment, um, as we reflect on couples that we celebrate. Right? Is that what we're looking at, Vanessa? Very, very uh, my my name and my husband's name better be in there. I'm just saying. It better be in this article.
2: It better be in there, and if it's not, I'm gonna say it.
1: <laughs> it's also it's also, you know what it is? Tell me. Therapy Thursdays. You had a rough time with your family. Maybe you need a little bit of therapy. You're in the right place. Oh my god, uh, yes. We're also talking Hispanic Heritage Month. Wait, that starts the same day as my anniversary, Vanessa? It's today. Wow. Do you feel connected to me right now? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel like in your future I might see a Latino baby. Because... A la- oh! <laughs> Just
1: well, why not? We have a black husband, a white husband, let's have a Latino child and then maybe an Asian daughter, maybe a Latino son and an Asian daughter. That's
2: so cute. We could be a full,
1: ra- I will say, since I was younger, I've always dreamt of having a big rainbow family. I don't care about the ethnicity of my children. I just want my children to be loved. Listen,
2: Natalia's uh, Italian and Mexican. You can have her.
1: Okay, enough about Natalia, all right? It's Sorry. about me right now. I spent
2: a lot of time with her. Want
1: to thing. do some of <laughs> my news on the beach?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, the Miami Beach City Commission has released a resolution condemning the Miami-Dade School Board's decision not to recognize LGBTQ History Month due to Florida's Don't Say Gay Law. The resolution encourages parents, parent-teacher associations, and school principals in Miami-Dade County to recognize October as LGBTQ History Month and to teach LGBTQ history in their schools to the fullest extents uh, permitted by the law. It also ordered the city to publish a sample resolution recognizing LGBTQ History Month on its website that schools, clubs, and other organizations can use as a guide. Out Gay Commissioner Alex Fernandez sponsored the resolution, which passed 5-2-1, All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's uh, getting a little chilly. I went outside today and I was really feeling the pumpkin spice latte vibes.
1: It's really high of like 80 today.
2: You're right. You are right. It actually is a high of eighty here <laughs> in LA. Ninety-three in Vegas. Ninety-seven in Palm Springs. Eighty-nine in Houston. Eighty-six in Miami. Sixty-six in San Francisco. Sixty-seven in Buffalo. A high of seventy-one in Cleveland. Ninety-seven in La Quinta. And seventy-two in Boston. Now give us a vibe of the day.
1: You know, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna repeat this one because it's my 10, ten year anniversary, and I'm gonna use uh, as my vibe of the day. Uh, a quote from my favorite Broadway musical. I used it a few weeks ago, but I'm going to use it again today. You do it. This is on every plate at my uh, oh, wedding reception. It. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Beautiful. And I've been loved for 10 years, and it feels good.
2: And that's a big deal, honey. Yes,
1: and I've loved him for eight. Yeah. So there's
2: that. So sweet. Happy, happy <laughs> and first, all right. All right, coming up, as we celebrate AJ and Emile's 10-year anniversary, uh, Anniversary? Why was I thinking university and anniversary?
1: It's anniversary university Mm -hmm. for
2: lovers. Yes, and you're the teacher, Daddy. Aren't you, uh, Professor Professor Gibson?
1: (laughs) It's our our thing we do sometimes. So uh, yeah, that's
4: Professor Gibson back to you next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. All
1: right, so as we celebrate around the world, my. 10-year anniversary. Mm-hmm,
4: that's
2: right, honey.
1: Oh, Vanessa, you know what this song means to me. Do you know the story? This was supposed to play during the fireworks at the finale of our wedding.
2: So sweet. And
1: it got rained out. We've still not been reimbursed for those fireworks, but. Really? We got rained out, yeah. And, um, oh, so There's beautiful. was such a
2: beautiful wedding, though.
1: I love that song. My husband's still very much asleep. But we're gonna, we're gonna move forward and we're gonna celebrate other queer couples uh, who maybe are still together or maybe not so much together. Okay. Um, and I, first, I would like to give a shout out to DJ Lisa Pittman and Michaela Goldfarb for hey. their, their their seven years together.
2: <laughs> We love Lisa, little dum-dum Lisa. Uh,
1: but we found out not long ago during the pandemic that Cal Penn is engaged. Uh, he and his fiance, Josh, still very much together, so we'd like to celebrate them. However, remember uh, Grimes briefly dated Chelsea Manning after Grimes split from Elon Musk?
2: <laughs> no, I don't. They
1: even lived together for a while, which is really interesting. They are not no. together. You know who is together? Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. Miranda, she's still with her partner, Christine Maranoni. Um, uh, Bronwyn, remember her? Real Housewives of Ocean. Bronwyn OC.
2: is so problematic. I do not even bother with her. I
1: saw her at an event a few weeks back and it was interesting because it was it was it was an event downtown as a premiere for a TV show for a pilot. And I was one of about two white people at the entire thing, right? And it was very much celebrating black queer love, this entire event was. And it was me, and I was there with my husband, and I was like, okay, this makes sense, I guess. I'm here with my husband, and I know the people that were producing the, the show. And then Bronwyn was there, <laughs> walking the red carpet, and I was like, what is happening right now? Mm. It's an odd, odd situation. Um, how about Andrew Rannells, still with his partner, Tuck Watson? Fabulous.
2: Watkins. Tuck
1: was just in Uncoupled on um, uh, with... Neil Patrick Harris. I
2: love that. He played you know, the
1: bad boy ex, ex-husband or ex-boyfriend.
2: Listen, we love bad boys. Uh, I'm also kind of sad about this news. Uh, Josh Flagg and Bobby Boyd. Yeah, they were married for last, five years. It happened
1: this last year. That's It's interesting. I used to know Bobby. We used to like be in the same sort of friend group. And Josh Flagg, before he was ever with Bobby, used to come to my bar and have a couple cocktails and stand there and flirt with me all night long.
2: Mm, hot, yeah.
1: Before he became Josh Flagg, Josh Flagg.
2: Yeah, they were cute together, though. How
1: about, um, you know, who I I can't imagine I could I could move on from. I saw them together just recently. Tell me, Sarah Paulson and Holland oh, Holland my Taylor.
2: Obsessed with. They them. were together
1: at the Emmys, and I was like, I forgot. I love them together. I
2: literally love them so much, and I feel like when they started dating. It made such a humongous, beautiful point of, you have seen so many younger women with older men, and that was so normalized, and then you see a younger-ish woman with an older woman, and uh, I just love it. Like, I'm obsessed with that.
1: How about Jodie Foster and Alexandra Hedison? Hedison? Like, she's really, really hot. Alexandra's hot.
2: She's super hot.
1: She's super pretty. I don't know who
2: that is. What does she do? Who knows?
1: She's she's with... with yeah.
2: Just girlfriends.
1: Uh Noah Galvin, Ben Platt, that's a good one. Uh yeah, Christian Siriano is single again. That makes me sad. Alex
2: here, and Wanda Sykes. Love. I into think them. they're
1: fantastic. Sarah Gilbert, Linda Perry did break up. We talked to Linda Perry on the show one time, <laughs> and I said to her Oh my
2: god, yeah, we did. Remember,
1: I was like, "Uh Linda, you uh you dating yet?" And she's like, "AJ, Sarah and I split last week." Or whatever it was. <laughs> I was like, I don't know.
2: We were going through a lot, okay? Gay guys move
1: fast. And mm-hmm. I don't know where you are in the journey, but uh, best of luck. Um, but... Is there any celebrity couple that, like, you would, like, love to see, like, in our queer community? Like, anybody who's single who you think, like, oh, I would like to set them up with this person. Or I "I I think they'd be great with that person.
2: I still am, like, fascinated with Ruby Rose. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she kind of fell off the face of the earth. Like, I literally just don't hear about her. You always
1: sort of circle back to her.
2: I do. She's Mm -hmm. my go-to.
1: What (laughs) about JoJo Siwa? She's single now. (laughs) She and her girlfriend Kylie Pru broke up. But it got her out of the closet, which oftentimes that first relationship—that's what it Listen, does. Listen, it
2: got her out of that ponytail, so that's what I'm happy about.
1: Well, oh, now she's in pigtails. Um,
2: she is in pigtails.
1: But who would you see JoJo Seawall with? Is there any young artist you think she she'd pair up well with?
2: No. Okay. Because I still see her as like a ten-year-old. All
1: right. Let's let's do what I know you want me to do. Let's make it about us, okay, right? Thank God. So if, it, bring you it were, back. if you were single, Ruby Rose is out. Who would you be with?
2: Um, you know who I'd be and with. And they
1: have to identify as queer.
2: You know who I'd be with? She's married with a child.
1: No, oh, Ashley, Ashlyn, Ashlyn Harris.
2: Yes, Ashland. is that her name? The soccer player.
1: Yeah, yeah you guys know I
2: love her. Hello. Duh. Yeah, she's
1: good. Yeah, if I had, and to I'd
2: be... be with her wife too. Love them both. <laughs> yeah, I think my
1: I think my <laughs> fantasies tend to be usually about straight men. Um, and that's problematic, I know. Uh, but one person that did give me eyes one time at the Golden Globes—I think I told you this the other day on the show—very uh, much married to Priyanka Chopra, Nick Jonas. He was eyeing me, and I was like, mm, uh, "Do I? Have, I
2: believe it. Do
1: I have something on my face, or are you, uh, you a little bit curious, Nick? What's going on?"
4: I think he was a little curious for you. I'm here for it, and I'm here for that. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q.
1: You know, every now and then I've thought to myself, you know what? It would be nice if I could get this for free or get a discount here. And usually what comes to mind is my gym membership, mm-hmm. right? I have a couple of them. So I've thought over the years, I'm like, what would it be like just to work at Equinox or to work at the Phoenix effect, which is my, my small gym that I go to. They're both two, $300 a month, right? Could I work there one day a week to get it for free? Cause I know the employees get to go there for free. Is that worth it? right i remember my very first job uh huh back in college i worked at abercrombie and fitch while they were very problematic at the time we didn't quite realize that until we looked back but i worked there and i got 50% off all the time and i got amazing clothing
2: obsessed
1: granted they paid me $5.50 an hour so i didn't i couldn't afford even 50% off but
2: listen i when i was like 23 years old went to my botox doctor at the time and i was like listen you need a nurse. And it's me. I'm here. And he was like, okay, fine.
1: A nurse? You just, uh, just dubbed yourself a nurse? Yeah. Got it. It
2: was. It was AE Medical Spa.
1: Self-appointed. Stuff.
2: And I was like, it's me. I got scrubs. I worked three days a week, honey. I got free facials, Botox, everything. I literally... Know how to inject if needed to be done. I mean, I couldn't, obviously, because I'm not a nurse, but I got everything for free. It was a, it was honestly the most brilliant thing I've ever done. So you
1: know the gig. You mm-hmm. get it. You oh, understand it. it. Yes. Well, right now, people are stuff. going uh, viral on social media because one girl posted that she works four hours a month at Starbucks so she can keep her discount. And it's funny. She posted this video. It's, it's, it's going pretty wild on social media. And she said, I'm here, and then somebody comes in and orders, like, a very complicated, like, made-up drink. And I throw down the towel, and I walk out, and I say, I'll see you next month for my four-hour shift. She's done. doesn't want to deal with it. She's like, I don't work here often enough to really know everything. I work here often enough to know how to make, like, an espresso or a vanilla latte. I love it. Like, the basics. It, so, as an adult, do you think it's one? Would it even, here's Also, this is, this is the other part. My husband and I talk sometimes and we talk sometimes every now and then we talk, (laughs) but we've talked about what would it be like to have like a side job for fun, right? And we're at a point in our careers where sometimes I think the ego gets in the way of other opportunities because I don't ever want to go back to being like a full-time server or bartender like I did for so many years because I get recognized from time to time from being on TV and being on social media and I think my ego uh, maybe wouldn't be able to handle somebody being like, hi, could I get a, a, I don't know, a Cuba Libre or a, you know, a a, a Cape Cod. uh, And also, don't I know you from TV?
2: What do you mean? That was my life when I was a waitress. I I decided to be a waitress after American Idol.
1: And you were 18. Yeah. That's different. I'm 42. But having said that, though, I would go get a side job for fun. Like, I would, I would bartend somewhere, like, Friday night. Listen,
2: bartending and waitressing, I made so much also, that, money. Also, the cash is fun. Like, listen, Queen, I don't care what you recognize me as. I was pulling, like, 400 bucks a night. Yeah. I was such a good waitress, is, and I was paying all my bills. Is there a
1: gig you would do right now to get a discount or to get something for free? Like, would you work at your gym For, you know, four hours a month if they offered you a free gym membership? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Listen, I love a deal, and I have no shame, and I'm not embarrassed of anything. If I'm about to save a couple bucks, you can catch me at Equinox on the weekends, honey. No problem. I'm running that spin class.
4: Good morning, B. Channel Q.
1: It's time for a first round of What's Poppin'? Michaela. what do you have for us?
2: Okay, well, this is not a shocker at all, honey. Brittany Snow... Has split with her husband after two years of marriage. Tyler Staniland, who is one of the stars on the new Netflix show Selling the Osu, was getting a bit flirty with some of his co-stars. All of them? Literally every single Literally one of them.
1: Every, they're all really, everybody's really hot on the entire cast.
2: I just don't see, I don't agree.
1: You don't think they're don't good looking? I think he's hot. Oh, I think he's, 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 yeah, he's hot for like straight guy hot. He's hot.
2: Fine. He's hot. Michela. You think he's hot. I don't think he's hot. I was not understanding the way that all the girls loved him. But you know what? They did. They loved him. And now Tyler and Brittany are splitting. And, um,. It's always interesting to me when couples are like, this decision was made with love and mutual respect for one another. No, it wasn't. They were we screaming
1: and fighting and realized, throwing things at each yeah, other. just be honest. For sure. Okay,
2: your man was super inappropriate. Just be honest with about it. With everybody. With yeah. all the girls. drag him.
1: If I, I tell you what, and here's the interesting thing, because that was probably filmed about a year ago, and then just came out, you know, a couple of months ago. If I'm with my husband, we're in year one of our marriage now.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: He gets a reality show. And I'm caught off guard when that reality show comes on air, and I see the him kissing or like flirting with people the entire time. Other dudes, I'm donezo, done.
2: Hello, because and I'm not, not going to be nice about it. I'm going to be like Lisa was smoochy coochie. Yeah, and guess what? It's a wrap.
1: Because there's so many layers to it, not just like I can I can get over an infidelity. I can I've always said like listen. If it happens in our relationship at some point, we'll deal with it, right? Right. At this point, I'm 10 years in, I'm married, I'm not gonna walk away from like the first time. Even though when I was in my 20s, I was like, absolutely not. Well now, I've, I've, I'm a little more seasoned, right? But it's not just the infidelity. It's also the not telling you about it for nine months while the show is not airing, and, and trying to buy time to figure out how to get out of it. And more importantly, I think it's the public humiliation.
2: It really, I mean, listen, that's what it is for me. It's just humiliating to see. She was giving him, I, I don't even know what this, and then they were trying to like normalize it. She was like, I gave him a, what do you call it? She was like putting her mouth oh, over yeah. his what's nose. It, what's it called
1: when you put your mouth a over somebody's nose? nosy? No, yeah. You put your mouth over somebody's First nose. First of all, that's it's disgusting. Disgusting.
2: Secondly, they were really trying to normalize. They were like, you guys, it's a nosy. No no one does that. Completely
1: (laughs) shamed, what's her name, Uh, the other girl.
2: Oh, yeah. Who got drunk
1: and tried to kiss him. And then he revealed with confession that it had happened like multiple times. And I'm like, so why didn't you stop it? Why didn't you let her know? But then
2: he was like... Oh, you guys don't go after her. Don't be mean to her. Like, defending her. Yes,
1: because I think he felt bad because here's what I think really happened.
2: He was flirting back.
1: Yes, he was drunk and is probably made out with her and then realized, oh, wow, we're on camera now. I can't do this sort of stuff anymore. Right, exactly. I'm going to get busted and now I have to figure out how to save my marriage. She's a
2: whole wild one, though, too. The whole cast I don't like, actually. I could do without selling OC. Well, it's
1: because selling OC is male and female. Selling Sunset and Selling Tampa were all female casts. Now I grown, didn't like
2: Selling Tampa either. They,
1: I didn't like that one either. It's for different reasons, though. But they've thrown men into the mix.
2: But I like men. I like to watch men. I just didn't like this show. How
1: about the uh, bisexual, sexually sexually fluid guy?
2: He's cute. He could He's say He's so hot. Yeah, he could come on our show. All right, coming up, do you have depression or just lifestyle fatigue? <laughs> okay, lifestyle Both. fatigue. That's the fanciest way of saying you are depressed, honey. Lifestyle
4: fatigue. I have it. We're talking about it. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
1: Coming up this hour for Therapy Thursdays, we're talking about lifestyle fatigue. What is it? Uh, you might be mistaking a depression as depression, but actually maybe you're just tired of the same old routine.
2: Mm. I
1: think it's something so many people can relate to and a lot of us do not talk about.
2: A thousand percent. Uh, so we're going to talk
1: about it today in Therapy Thursdays. Uh, coming up here on the morning beat in about ten minutes, so stick around for A that conversation. Good,
2: good conversation.
1: We're watching all sorts of things breaking live while we're on the air. Uh, there are apparently buses of migrants sent to Martha's Vineyard, Disgusting. as well as to Vice President Kamala Harris's house. Disgusting. By uh, Ron DeSantis, the Governor of Florida, and uh, Greg Abbott, the Governor of Texas, two Republicans. They think they're being funny, but these are humans. These are real lives who are being affected. And I can't imagine what it must be like to travel oftentimes by foot over hundreds of miles with your family, all of your belongings just in a bag on your back, trying to find sanctuary and freedom and safety in the United States. And then you get there and the governor uses you
2: you. as
1: a joke and drops you off at the front door. It's honestly the
2: most disgusting thing I've actually ever heard Mm -hmm. uh, thus far. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's disgusting, this type of behavior. It is humiliating, Mm -hmm. and I I just feel so bad. It makes me want to cry just because I think about, like, the babies that are also there. Like, at the end of the day, these people are human beings. parents
1: are just trying to give
2: their their children
1: a better life, a better—you know, they're trying to survive. And I just don't understand the cruelty of the Republican Party these days. I just don't understand— why I they mean, think this is okay yeah um, say what
2: you will think what you will but to go to these extents to like make a point yeah ron is like you have kids ron desantis yeah. like let somebody ship your kids off
1: and also guess what desantis your family was an Im- immigrant at one point too your last name is desantis <laughs> you immigrated here at some point somebody did right unless you're native american we all did at some point so We'll keep an eye on that story. Try to get somebody to talk about it in Red, White, and Q maybe with us. We'll try to get an expert on. Also, other breaking news, uh, my favorite tennis player of all time, male tennis player, Roger Federer, just announced he's retiring next week after the Labor Cup. Um, He's just an icon. He's just so incredible. 41 years old. I, I talked about this the other day when Serena Williams announced her retirement. I told my husband, I said, it just feels like my generation is finally moving on, and that makes me sad. Because I grew up with them. And as long as you can see your heroes still competing at the highest level, you think, oh, I can still do that or something in your head. And then you realize, no, I'm in my 40s now and I'm not that young kid anymore. So, uh, Roger Federer, thank you for for many, many years. I know there's a lot of tennis fans who listen to our show. He's played some pretty great matches, won some big titles uh, at Indian Wells out in in the Coachella Valley. And uh, he will definitely be missed.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right now it's time for News on the Beat. What do you have?
2: All right, well, the Miami Beach City Commission has released a resolution condemning the Miami-Dade School Board's decision not to recognize LGBTQ History Month. Due to Florida State Gay Law, the resolution encourages parents, parent-teacher associations, and school principals in Miami-Dade County to recognize October as LGBTQ History Month and to teach LGBTQ history in their schools to the fullest extent permitted by the law. It also ordered the city to publish a sample resolution recognizing LGBTQ History Month. On its website that schools, clubs, and other organizations can use as a guide, Outgate Commissioner Alex Fernandez sponsored the resolution, which passed 5-2-1. Alright, let's get into a little bit of weather. 72 in Boston today, 81 in Chicago, 67 in Seattle, 80 in LA, 67 in San Francisco, 97 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day.
1: I will give you a vibe of the day in honor of my 10th anniversary. This quote is from Moulin Rouge and from my wedding, actually. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And if you're in the San Francisco area, this is not an advertisement. This is not sponsored. I'm just telling you this because it will change your life. Um, Moulin Rouge just left Los Angeles last week and they are in San Francisco. They just opened a couple of nights ago and it's the best Broadway show I've seen in my entire life. Uh 15:50 a.m. Alice 97.3 FM HD2 all of our listeners up in the up in the Bay Area. We love you, we adore you. We want you to live your best life. Michaela and I saw this show together and it was just round of applause after round of applause That's right. and it's just the lighting, the music, the dancing. It's just phenomenal. So go check out Moulin Rouge in San Francisco.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, coming up on Therapy Thursdays, do you have depression or lifestyle fatigue? We're talking to a therapist about it next.
4: Good morning, B. Channel Q.
1: So the World Health Organization just announced yesterday that we're really close to kicking the pandemic's butt. We're finally uh, coming to the light at the end of the tunnel. If we just do a couple more things right— We might be able to kick this thing to the curb and move on.
2: Amen.
1: Thank God, because it feels like we've been in this pandemic for 38 years, right? And along with that, though, I think as we come out of this pandemic and and adjust to this new normal, a lot of people are feeling depressed, but is it actually depression, or could you be experiencing something called lifestyle fatigue? So for Therapy Thursdays today, we thought this was a very relatable topic. We reached out to an expert. His name is Sean Grover, who's a psychotherapist uh, who writes for Psychology Today, and actually one of his articles we came across, which sort of sparked this uh, idea. Sean is on the line with right now. Sean, how are you doing?
5: Hey, good morning, Michaela and AJ. I, I'm looking at photos of you. You look like people who never have lifestyle. Okay. Good
2: morning, Go honey. on. <laughs> that's the way to start this segment off.
5: Well, listen,
1: okay. That's interesting, though, because interesting that you say that, because uh, working in Hollywood, right, we have, there's a certain expectation, I think, that's placed on us. If you could see us right now, we do not look like those photos, I promise you. But there is a certain expectation to look and present yourself a certain way but with that, sometimes the outside world just assumes that everything's perfect in your life, that everything must be easy, when in fact, we're hot messes. So talk to us a little bit about uh, depression uh, versus lifestyle fatigue and how to know the difference between the two.
5: Okay. Well, well, lifestyle fatigue, what you're saying is you may present yourself to the world a certain way, but how are you feeling inside, that's more personal. So if we look at lifestyle fatigue, or someone who's feeling that fatigue, usually at the core of it is some sort of form of self-neglect or burnout, mm. sort of mindlessly going through tasks without passion or excitement or sleepwalking through your day. When you're creatively, emotionally, and physically stagnant, you're going to be unsatisfied with life, and that's when the fatigue sets in. Depression can be characterological. It could be part of your family. maybe part of your history. But lifestyle fatigue has very specific triggers. Uh, And if you're living in that zone of self-neglect and burnout, you're going to be fatigued.
2: Yeah, that totally makes sense. You know, I will say I'm very grateful to be able to say, don't feel like I experienced lifestyle fatigue. I'm in a good place in my life, but I worked super, super hard the past two years to get there. But I definitely feel like I was in there during the pandemic. And for a lot of people, life has sort of stayed that way as well. Not having to go to the office to go to work, still being able to just stay home and do things uh, that they did in the pandemic. So how would you kind of claw your way out of lifestyle fatigue?
5: Well, the pandemic was a, had a big uh, effect on this because we all live sort of uh found lives, you know, isolated, inactive, not a lot of social contact. This is really a life built for depression. A lot of people will come in feeling depressed, and when we go through their life, we'll see, oh, they're not active, they're not creative. They're consuming more media than they're being creative. They're sort of passively moving through their day. Uh, we can call that high-functioning depression or dysthymia, sort of low-level and chronic. It doesn't have a real trigger. You know, it's something we have to look for deeper causes, maybe part of your history or part of your family makeup. But lifestyle fatigue is very specific to, is your condition you're living in now a result of your way of being?
1: Mm, that's ooh, That's real. Because I'll be honest, I definitely have suffered from uh how did you say a high functioning depression i believe that's right yeah most of my adult life i feel like i've been in and out of sort of that reality where people around me all think that i have it all put together and everything's perfect and in reality for sometimes days at a time i just am struggling but i keep going and that's just sort of Mm -hmm. in my dna i guess luckily um not everybody is able Mm -hmm. to do that i will say though that i took your quiz you have ten questions to ask to figure out if lifestyle fatigue is actually what's happening in your life, and I, I answered yes to seven of them, and good lord, I in it yes, and I'm a very I I consider myself very active, very creative. Um, I'm celebrating my ten year anniversary with my husband today. We've been married only for three months, but he, on the other hand, I think <laughs> what what might also answer yes to seven of these because he's been working from home for three years. And that's been really, really difficult on him and not Mm -hmm. having a place to go. So for those of us who might be there, you know, we're still we're still succeeding. We're still functioning at a very high level. But I have felt the last year or two in particular that my creativity has just disappeared. Right. Early pandemic, Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a purpose. I was protecting my family. I was like being responsible. There was, there, was a, there was a greater good that we were all sort of working towards. And the last year or two, it sort of felt like, okay, now what? So for those of us who, mm-hmm. who maybe can relate to that, what are some tips to get out of it and to get yourself moving again?
5: Well, I know uh, when I begin to feel uh, when I'm less interested in my work or when I'm drifting during sessions, Or I I get to the office and I'm looking at my book and
2: thinking, oh, God,
5: you know, I know I'm I'm not taking care of myself. I know there's some neglect. Now, you can take care of yourself to such an extreme that it becomes fatiguing, like people who over-exercise or over-diet and actually wind up depleting themselves. Uh, But I just got back from a, a great vacation, the first one in a long, long time. And I was astonished when I got back to my office. I thought, my God, I love my life. I love my mm. work. I love my patience. I love my life. And, you know, and I realized, wow, I allowed myself to work myself right down to the bone. And then you begin to hate the thing you love.
1: Uh. You know.
5: So when we, when, we, when we begin to feel this fatigue, people usually turn to substances for relief, caffeine, alcohol, drugs, overeating, shopping, cereal, dating, whatever it is. They're looking for external... Solutions to an internal problem. So, when we don't address the internal problem, we just address the, 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 the symptoms of the problem, our solutions are often self destructive. So, to sit with those feelings, depression to me is your unconscious popping, tapping you on the shoulder and saying, Hey, pay attention. Something's out of balance.
1: So, you're telling me so you we are... have to
5: listen to the message of the depression really to get to a real, a real sustainable
1: solution. So when I'm having my third glass of Sauvignon Blanc on my couch while I'm shopping on Amazon for the eighth day in a row, you're telling me that I need to uh, maybe not do that next
5: time? <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have to cut off your credit cut off card. Cut off the credit card.
2: Well, thank you so much Sean Grover for having this conversation with us. It really is so important and so many people are suffering from it, but you can get yourself out of it. Uh, thanks to your great advice. We appreciate this conversation.
5: Have a great day, Michaela and AJ. Thank you. See you you later. You
2: too. You too. All right, coming up, did your parents ever tell you something that you still believe as adults? Santa Claus is real.
4: (laughs) Yes, that's true.
1: The things we were taught as children that were not accurate and in no way, shape, or form helpful, uh, the list is long, right? Not going to call our parents liars, but a lot of our parents were liars. They just were. Liars. One that comes to mind for me is uh, when I was young and we would eat like watermelon or something, right? My parents would tell me that if I ate the seed, I'd get a a watermelon vine would grow in my tummy or some sort of Mm -hmm. tree. Mm -hmm. The same thing with gum. Don't swallow your gum. It's going to be stuck down there for seven years. I was like, what? I never thought to look into the science of it all. I just thought I'm terrified to swallow my gum. And to this day, I kid you not, I used to, and I haven't had one in a while, but I used to have this recurring dream that gum would get stuck in the roof of my mouth and in my teeth, and I'd have to pull and pull and pull and pull and pull, and and I would pull forever and couldn't get it all out. My therapist said that that means there's some stress and anxiety going on in my life, and that's why I'm having that dream. I haven't had it for maybe two or three years, but I think probably because my mom used to tell me that if I swallowed my gum— I would have all sorts of problems.
2: Yeah. She lied. Big issues. My favorite one, we kind of talked about this in the room, is when you turn the light on in the car at night. What does that do? I have no... My mom was like, it's illegal. And I was like, what?
1: My mom used to say... Wait, my mom did say that. Yeah, is that true? Is that not true?
2: Apparently, you're not supposed to do it because it's distracting to the cars behind you. But
1: it's not illegal. though, But it's though, not is it? illegal. Because when I was a kid, I think I think you're talking about like it's nighttime. You're driving somewhere. Maybe you're coming back from like a theme park or dinner, and you want to turn on the light to look for something. Right. Parents would freak out.
2: Right, and you cannot turn it on.
1: Absolutely cannot. My grandpa used to get really mad if you also turned on the radio.
2: What?
1: It's a responsibility to drive a vehicle, and if you can't focus solely on the road and have two hands on the wheel at all time, you shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car. He didn't believe in turning the radio on, period.
2: Wow. He would, however,
1: chain smoke and then put a cigarette out in the ashtray in his car. That was no problem.
2: Yeah, that feels right. He could
1: definitely multitask when it came to that. Listen,
2: I don't know what it is with radios, but when I ever have to parallel park or do anything, I have to turn that radio off, honey. I have to literally, I don't know what the music does to me, but I'm like, everything is going quiet, (laughs) silence.
1: Well, I also remember being a kid growing up in Ohio. And a couple of these are very uh, very particular to, like, uh, depending on where you grow up. I grew up around a lot of, t- like, trees and woods and forests. And I always, I had this weird fear that I was going to get sprayed by a skunk all the time. Because I remember being warned by my parents, don't get sprayed by a skunk, you'll smell for a week. And uh, I literally thought, I, if you were to ask me when I was 10 years old, how many times I think I'd be sprayed by a skunk by the time I was 42, I would have said 100. The real number is actually zero. It's never happened to me. But when I was a kid, I was terrified of skunks. Pepe Le Pew, not only was he problematic and sort of rapey, also <laughs> stinky.
2: Yeah. I feel like I'm Pepe Le Pew with Lisa.
1: You are so inappropriate in all the best ways. Yeah. You have the best intentions. Pepe You're Le also Pew. about his size. So yeah. They're, so they're, and you have the black hair. Wow.
2: I just chased Lisa around. All these
1: years we thought we me. thought you were Italian. Turns out you're
2: French.
1: <laughs> uh.
4: The morning beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q.
1: Do my eyes deceive me? Is Leonardo DiCaprio turning over a new leaf? Is he going after an older woman, mm-hmm. Michaela? What's popping?
2: Well, Leonardo DiCaprio is disproving a major internet theory involving his dating habits. By allegedly starting a relationship with twenty seven year old model Gigi Hadid. <laughs> wait,
1: wait wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. So the internet always says he only dates twenty five and under. He's like like what is he? Like pushing fifty?
2: Yeah, forty seven. Forty
1: seven. And he's dating the twenty seven year old supermodel, and that's that's with the a story, child. With a ch- okay. All right. With yeah, Zayn, right? Breaking
2: barriers. Yeah, was Zane. with Zayn. a kid with Malik. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, he broke up with his girlfriend in more than four years, Camilla Marone. Uh, and the fact that she had just turned 25 reignited the theory <laughs> that Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> only dates 25 and younger. Uh, but no, he's hanging out with Gigi Hadid. They've allegedly been uh, out together quite a few times. They're getting to know each other. Uh, but Leo is definitely pursuing Gigi. Um, and I think that's hilarious. Dion Warwick, though, however, said, I just heard about Leonardo DiCaprio's 25 year rule, his loss. You don't know what you're missing. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Dion Warwick?
2: Dion Warwick. How threw did she get in into the mix. the mix?
1: Can I tell you a Dion Warwick story? Yes. Okay. So, one time years ago, I was hosting this like disaster of a, um, it was an award show. I write about it in my book and flipping the script. Get a copy. It's on Amazon. And, I'm invited to do this award show like two or three days before I get hired. It's me and Adrian Bylon from The Real. Uh, Alien Bailon Houghton now, I think, and or Houghton. And anyways, so we're hosting this thing. And the, the honoree, the main honoree was supposed to be Barbara Streisand.
2: Ooh, that's so that's
1: I was like that's losing that's my that's mind, that's coming up with all of my favorite funny girl and a star is born quotes. Like thinking yes. I was going to do a whole gag in front of her. And then like the day before, all of a sudden she had a conflict and couldn't do it anymore. So they were honoring uh, Dionne Warwick right? She was like their backup honoree. And there was a part where the show was going so wrong. This is at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, right? Everything is falling apart there. Stevie Wonder had to perform three separate times over and over again, the same number. So they could it was all pre-taped. It wasn't a live show. And he had to do his performance three times and give the same speech three times. That was on a teleprompter, by the way. And he's totally blind. I don't know how he memorized the whole thing or why it was on a teleprompter, but that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Everything is going wrong, and they ask us to go out into the audience and vamp, meaning kill time. Like, entertain the room until whatever. It's a packed, packed theater. And I'm going on and on, and Adrian's looking at me like, honey, I'm not getting paid enough to vamp this long. So I just take it and do a whole comedy set. 15 minutes, right? Just made up, winged it completely. And I started that and it's full tuxedo. At one point, standing next to Adrian in a ball gown, hosting an award show, and I start talking about how good my butt looks in my tux. Because I've been doing lots and lots of squats. And I look over my shoulder, and Dionne Warwick is sitting on the aisle right next to me. And she goes, you look great, honey. She gave me a wink, and I about passed out. I was like,
2: Dionne Warwick
1: is looking at my butt.
2: So cute. (laughs) Sorry, you said
1: that name, and I just had to tell the story. We love
2: it. We love to hear it. Well, Dionne Warwick is also looking at Leonardo DiCaprio's butt. But but, uh, she's saying, honey... The old is where it's at. And I agree. Not the the old is where it's at. (laughs) The old is where it's at, honey. An 81-year-old woman is much more experienced than a 25-year-old woman. Amen.
4: (laughs) The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q.
1: Welcome back to the show. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you here on the Morning Beat as we uh, begin to honor Hispanic Heritage Month. I love that Hispanic Heritage Month starts on the fifteenth. By the way, yeah, it better go till the fifteenth of October. By the way, it better not just be like the last two weeks because that's even worse than Black History Month getting the shortest month out of the year. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and as as a non Hispanic person, this is my perspective, uh, Vanessa Garcia Ortiz. Uh, how do you feel about it? You excited?
3: I honestly, honestly, I don't think about it.
1: Yeah. Of I don't think
3: about it because I feel like I'm Latina every day of the year. I uh-huh. listen to reggaeton every day. I listen to salsa. So, like, cool. Thank you for celebrating us in the U.S. Is this something that we also celebrate in our countries? Honestly, I don't know. And if you do know, DM us. Well, it's so, yeah, I don't
1: know. Let us know because it's sort of like, like St. Patrick's Day here in the United States. Like, yeah, let's go get drunk. And in Ireland, they're like, what is St. Patrick's Day? We don't do that. Or like Cinco de Mayo. Americans think Cinco de Mayo means like the liberation of Mexico absolutely has nothing to do. With it. It's not their Independence Day. It's, it's something we celebrate more than, than other people and in different ways. So we've Americanized this. Uh, but we are actually speaking to an expert on this who's an assistant professor in women's and gender studies uh, to talk about the term Latinx. You've probably heard it more and more recently uh, as, as a sort of catch-all for the entire community. And... And I've asked you this, Vanessa, before. I'm like, is it appropriate? Should I say Latinx? Should I say Latin? Should I say Hispanic? What do I say?
3: I honestly do not like the word Latinx. Exactly. I don't like it because our Spanish language is...
1: Masculine, feminine.
3: Masculine, that's just how it is. And if we do that to that word, then we would have to change that whole Entire vocabulary. language. And
1: that is, it's an interesting conversation so because the romance languages, like they all derive basically from Latin, uh, you know, Spanish and French and others, they are definitely, they live in that world, the binary, male, female, masculine, feminine. And in this new woke sort of era we're living in, how do you, how do you, make it all work and make it all make sense for everybody? Or is that just asking way too much? Is it not even necessary? So we're going to talk to a professor about this uh, coming up here this hour. So make sure you stick around for that. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat with Michaela Gordon. I almost said Goldfarb. I I know. I
2: heard it. I heard it. I I
1: almost said Goldfarb. I've been saying it a lot lately. And just for a quick reminder, your family's last name was at one point Goldfarb? Goldfarb. And who changed it?
2: My dad's... I don't know. My dad's mom or my dad's mom's mom?
1: Got it. They do that sometimes. My husband's name is Emil, spelled Emile, spelled E M I L E. He's a junior, his father's senior, but his grandfather was also named Emile, spelled A M E A L.
2: So they switched it
1: at 1.2 to be the French pronunciation because his his father's a descendant of slaves in Louisiana. Wow. Which is a French territory. Wow. Interesting stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Right now, it's time for News on the Beat, though. What do you have?
2: Okay, babe. The Supreme Court, in a 5-4 vote, declined to request from New York City-based Yeshiva University to block a New York County Supreme Court order that requires the university to recognize the Pride Alliance LGBTQ Student Club. Last week, Associate U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor in a brief order granted an emergency request made by Yeshiva University to temporarily block the order by New York County Supreme Court judge who had ruled this past June that Yeshiva was bound by the New York City Human Rights Law, which bars discrimination based on sexual orientation. In its order, the high court noted that the New York state courts had yet to issue a final order in the case and that Yeshiva could return to the U.S. Supreme Court after the New York Court's had acted. All right. Another news: Grinder, the popular dating app used by millions of gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people, named a new CEO who is scheduled to take the company public this fall with an ambitious 2.1 billion dollar valuation. Arizon will take over on October 19th as Grinder prepares to go public by merging with a special purpose acquisition company. In a statement, Arison called Grinder, which had about 11 million. Uh, 11 million monthly active users Around the world last year An unbelievable business Their hard work and a laser focus On delivering great products To a starkly undeserved market Are inspiring and deliver Incredibly strong business results Said Arison who is openly gay All right, let's get into weather 72 in Boston today Chicago 81 67 in Seattle 80 in LA San Francisco is going to be 67 and 97 in Cathedral City May give us a vibe of the day.
1: This one's in honor of my husband on our tenth dating anniversary, September fifteenth. Also, by the way, he posted a uh, Instagram Reels on my account, so go to uh, underscore AJ Gibson, give it some love right now. Leave us a comment, we'd appreciate it. Uh, this was from our wedding. It's also from Moulin Rouge, and from Nature Boy. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return.
2: Absolutely, that's so beautiful. All right, coming up, we're having a really important conversation in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. Why Latinx is actually quite problematic. Coming up next.
6: We really need new phones. T
0: Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New
4: iPhone 15s?
0: Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
4: The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome
1: back to the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on The Morning Beat. We have a fantastic hour coming up. uh, But right now, though, as we uh, begin Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, there is a term that has been around for years uh, that sort of encompasses, uh, at least in America, we think it encompasses the entire Latin community, and that is Latinx. And our producer, Vanessa, is Colombian. And a couple days ago, as we knew that, Hispanic Heritage Month was right around the corner. I said something. I said, I asked her, I was like, is Latinx, does that work? Am I supposed to say Hispanic? I don't want to be inappropriate or disrespectful, so how would you like to be referred to? And it opened up Pandora's box because she is not a fan of the term Latinx, Mm -mm. right? So she did some digging and found an expert uh, who wrote a really fascinating article that really sort of breaks down the history of Latinx and why it might not be the most perfect option for all of us. Her name is Dr. Melissa Ochoa. And she is an assistant professor in the Women's and Gender Studies Department. Uh, Melissa, Dr. Dr. Melissa called you Melissa. I'm so sorry. Dr. Ochoa, That's how okay. are you? you? Can
7: call me, <laughs> Wait, listen. Thank you so much for having me.
1: We're a gay radio station, we're very informal. We usually call, yeah. call our doctors by their first names, but I will refer That's to you as fine. Dr. Ochoa. Uh, this term Latinx, right? For those of us who are not of the community, but we've heard it for years now, um, is it something we should be using, or is there a better alternative?
7: Yes, I am not a fan. Um, And I have not been a fan for a while. And I've been wanting to write this. And it just so happened that the universe kind of made it happen. And it worked perfectly with the fact that Spain and Argentina made these public release statements, banning it um, through the government and not allowing any inclusive language, which we can talk about here in a minute, not just Latinx, but also not Latine. Um, It's not inclusive, and it actually has been imposed by academia onto the general population. So there is a better alternative, Latina, and we can talk more about why Latinx is not as inclusive as many think it is even though media and academia really imposes it onto the general population. And I can get into that if you'd like. Of course. Yeah, please do. Okay, great. Uh, So for starters, um, academia has really been using the term Latinx. We don't really know how it originated or who it originated from specifically, but we know it emerged around 2004 and it became really popular in 2014 and Webster Dictionary uh, put it in in 2018. And we know that um, the individuals who either self-identify as Latinx or are aware of the term are likely to be U.S. born. They're likely to be between 18 and 29 years old. They're predominantly English speakers. They have some college education. So these are people who are pretty privileged in some sense. So the most marginalized communities do not use Latinx. In fact, less than 5% of the U.S. population uses Latinx. So you really have to ask yourself, is it inclusive to label a population Latinx when they don't use it themselves, when they don't self-identify that way.
1: Yeah, well, you you say something really fascinating in this article and it really made me think about it from a different perspective, how you had um, a a, a piece that you had written, an article that you would submitted to an academic journal, and they asked you to replace uh, Latino and Latina with Latinx, and, and you said, and your thought process was, well, you're okay using man or woman when it's written in English, so why on, earth, mm-hmm. why on earth would I do this? And I think this mm-hmm. is this is where, mm-hmm. especially like we're talking about inclusivity, right? On our station, yeah. we want to we want to be allies to everybody because we appreciate our allies, and that includes the Latina community, right? And so mm-hmm. we want to do better. We want to do our absolute best. And I think sometimes people just aren't sure how, you know, yeah. the English language doesn't really have masculine, feminine, but the the love languages all That's do. Right. Spanish does, French does, so. So how do we get to a place where we're not offending people, but we're also not so afraid to offend that we don't say anything?
7: Exactly. And that's and that's just it. The term, you know, to be inclusive, it's not a blanket identity. So you don't you you give equitable weight to these vastly diverse experiences and and knowledge. You, You don't just you don't hide gender. And so. For me, we already know that women of color are severely underrepresented. And so when you use Latinx, you further hide women of color. You know, in this case, we're talking about Latinas. Um, You hide their contributions and their identity. And so it was very annoying and frustrating for me to get that kind of feedback from that reviewer. And then to also have that reviewer not think about the implications of what they just said, on how it was okay for me to use man and woman for my white participants, but I couldn't make that same distinction by gender for my Latina participants
1: well, did yeah, not make yeah. there, sense. I'm going to tell you this. Somebody born and raised in the United States, there's a, def, a white guy, a very cis, gay, white man. There are different standards, and and I think we're finally starting to realize a lot of them, you know, that our parents and grandparents kind of just took for granted. Like, the fact that we even say, like, African-American, Latin-American, mm-hmm. Chinese-American, yes. like, no, just American. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating, though. So I want to know, because here at Channel Q, we try to be inclusive of everyone. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to somebody who maybe is trying to be supportive? They don't speak a language that has masculine and feminine. And, and they maybe identify as non-binary. Or they don't fall into one of the two genders that we've historically sort of accepted. Like, what do you say to those people? How do we sort of address that?
7: So so there has already been a term that for some reason academia has overlooked that social activists have been using in Latin America, and that is Latine. Mm. And the reason why Latine works better than Latinx is because it actually works with the Spanish language. Mm. And so Latinx, Yes, that is an identity that can be used for those that are uh, non-binary. And it can also be used in general, uh, you know, for gendered languages. You can have a room of, oh, I'm so sorry. Hold on.
3: She's
2: a very very busy woman. I'm so sorry. You (laughs) have a whole life. Our phones go off
1: all the time, Uh, Dr. Melissa. You do whatever you need to do.
7: Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Um, Yes, so... um, you can have a room full of 100 people, and 99 of them are women, one man. And you will have to say Latino. And that's where Latinx was helpful as well. But all of that can be still with Latine. You can still use that with Latine.
1: I love um, I love the clarification.
7: Now, yeah. um, yes? something that Latine does that Latinx does not is you can use the E for articles, and you can use them for pronouns. Ooh. You cannot use that for, for the X. You cannot pronunciate, you know, for el, ella. Yeah. You cannot say E-L-L-X. Mm. You cannot say L-X-S. Right. But you can say les. You can say le. You can say ella. Ooh um you can say bienvenidas well i will say you this. can even use them for nationalities i took four um, years
1: four years yeah. of spanish in college and and you're all of a sudden bringing back all sorts of uncomfortable <laughs> memories yes. pop quizzes and 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 the such thank you so much yeah, we definitely so much, we definitely want to reach back out to you later this month as we continue um honoring hispanic, hispanic heritage month dr melissa ochoa we appreciate you um it reminded me, Michaela, she said there could be 100 people in the room or 99 people in the room. It reminded me of Lady Gaga saying I thought that's
5: what she was all it say. takes
1: is Bradley Cooper. To uh, care
2: about you. That's <laughs>
1: neither here nor there, but I thought I'd just throw that in there. Thank you,
7: Dr. Melissa. Thank you,
2: Dr. Melissa. Thank
7: you so much for having me.
2: All right, coming up, uh, shouldn't this gal find new friends after they said she wasn't attractive enough for her husband? What? We're going to talk about it next.
4: The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q.
1: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. If you missed our last conversation as we begin um, Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, we had a conversation about the term Latinx and why it might be problematic. And uh, we also offered an alternative. So if that's something you're interested in, go listen to our podcast at wearechannelq.com. You can also catch up on all of our old episodes uh, at that same website. And if you're new to our show, there's all sorts of fun content on there podcast articles all kinds of stuff so go catch up and then come hang out with us again tomorrow morning and every day monday through friday that's right how about this one this person's asking help my friends don't think i'm attractive enough to be with my hot husband (laughs) what does that bring up for you
2: first of all you need new friends who would say that right Ew. Oh, i follow
1: this account on tiktok right and her entire TikTok account, I, I can't think of her name, but um, if I find it, I'll share it on my my social media because I think this girl's fantastic. And she gets dragged a lot because she's heavier and her husband is very muscular and very fit and very, very, very attractive. She's also very beautiful, but she's a big girl. And the comments that people leave her because saying, oh, he," there's no way this is real. This has to be made up. He doesn't really love you. Like they call her fat. Mm. They body shame her. Oh my God. All sorts of things. And she's like, he likes it. A little cushion for the push and he's into it. And they are so sexy together. Like they actually have a really strong love as as it appears on TikTok at least, right? And some of these videos, they're really challenging people's perception of what is beauty, right? And who belongs together. Well, this woman um, is 49 and their husband is 42, They say, I love the way I look and the way I've aged, so I don't say the following to be self-deprecating. But her husband, Quinn, is breathtakingly gorgeous and has only grown more handsome with age. Women and men are drawn to him, and I can't fault them for their taste. Most people are respectful about it, but there have been a number of people over the years who've either believed I wasn't good-looking enough for Quinn or that he would cheat on me, possibly with them.
2: Oh, my God. Those
1: experiences bothered us both, but we love and trust each other, and it's easy to move on from them. 17 years and three kids in, I don't think about the so-called discrepancy between our looks unless someone calls it to my attention. Well, recently, one of her good friends did just that and uh, texted screenshots of a conversation between her and a couple other friends, and they were all going on about how how, how, how are they together? How are they still together? doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It's so offensive.
2: It's so offensive. Listen to me. I feel like um, my ex was a guest model. Like, so, so handsome. Wait, was I
1: supposed to guess where he modeled?
2: Yeah. Where? No, a guest model. Got it. And um, he was, like, gorgeous. And people would assume that he'd, like, date another model. And I was, like, not even really his type. But you're hot. Yeah, but I'm a different
1: hot. <laughs> I just wanted to see. I wanted to see if you'd accept it. Yeah, I I'm love gorgeous. you. I love that. You're like yes, you're absolutely correct. However, I'm different.
2: But I sometimes would be like, "Is he too hot for me?" Like. <laughs> Cause he's like a whole model, like a real like yeah. whole model. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, No, you're incredible, Michaela. and you're funny. So that's the most important thing. That to me. part. But it's so important to not shame your friends or their relationships. And you don't know what people. I've met some of the most beautiful people that have the ugliest personalities. They're so gross. And uh, vice versa, beautiful, beautiful people with beautiful personalities. Um, and I just think that's such a rude thing to say. Well, I think
1: people have a hard time wrapping their brains around happiness and love and joy if they don't experience it in their own lives and we have friends who are all very supportive of our relationships our 10th anniversary today we're going strong you know we just got married and people always say to us like our friends have always said like you guys just make sense together you guys you just just look good together you make sense together and not because we look alike or that our personalities are similar because we're very different actually in some ways and but we respect each other right and we don't we don't surround ourselves with friends if we had friends who were saying this sort of stuff they wouldn't be in our life period never never not
2: gonna happen yeah babe you gotta get new friends this is not an okay thing to say or do don't be rude to your friends okay coming up another celebrity couple is admitting they are finally
4: together find out who it is next the Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
1: It's time for another round of What's Poppin', and I have one question. Go on. Has Cupid struck? The cast of Queer Eye. What's going on?
2: Okay, well, Jonathan Van Ness and Anthony Porowski are officially together, or at least that's what they want us to believe. Both of the (laughs) Queer Eye stars and longtime friends posted to their social media today, saying that the two of them are finally together and they're cuddling super close. Um, They said, "After years of joking about it, we're finally to here. We're finally together. Here's to giving things a shot." more tomorrow but everyone thinks they're just doing a major collab together they're not like romantically together yeah
1: so we're supposed to find out sometime today what's actually going on okay yes that's cute that's marketing right there that's that's pr
2: it's so cute uh they they just look like little darling friends i can't imagine them being in a relationship i mean they could be i'm we literally could find out that they are in love but i just feel like they troll us a lot Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. We've had JVN on the show. They were a lovely human being uh, when we had them on. Um, And Anthony used to date uh, one of my friends, and uh, he was a really nice guy, too. So we'll keep you posted on who's dating who. Love it. Now, coming up, does the gay community have a masculinity problem? We might, and we might call it toxic masculinity, and we'll talk about it next.
1: B. 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 Channel Q. Does the gay community, we're talking men specifically, have a toxic masculinity problem? Well, yes, according to this article in Queerty. And there are multiple examples shared here. One of uh, some guys recalling a conversation they had while they were at the Eagle in New York. And some young 20 some year old gays came in in bright colored clothing and skimpy outfits. And they said, you're disrespecting uh, the leather scene. And it's disrespectful, Uh, you're not a man. You're not being manly, right? Mm. Then somebody else shares that I was recently turned away at a gay bar in San Francisco because my boyfriend was in a dress. We were told the party wasn't for us. When I asked what that meant, the guy at the door just looked at my boyfriend and said, the party is for men only. Now, this happened in San Francisco. And I think that this is more common than we're probably ready to recognize, and I think I've even been a little bit guilty of this, not outwardly. I would never just like tell somebody you're not welcome here. But in my mind, I think I've had um, reservations. And I, I think a perfect example, we were just watching, we just finished um, season one of Queerest Folk, the reboot. Yeah. I was obsessed with the original, right? And it represented who I was and who my friends were at that time. Right. I watched the reboot And it just felt so disconnected from who I am now. And because they had a lot of like non-binary characters and trans characters and and a lot of different representation happening that kind of made me feel uncomfortable because honestly, I didn't see myself represented at all. Yeah. A lot of drugs, a lot of sex. And I just felt like I'm like, that's not who I am. But then I was like, am I just judging this younger generation that, you know, feels comfortable wearing a dress and going to a club? So I had to kind of check myself a little bit, even though that might not be for me. Um, I think I was still, I had a little bit of bias, this like toxic masculinity, this idea of like, I'm the right kind of man, they're not. And I think I'm guilty of it too. And I think our entire community is at, at, at different moments.
2: Yeah, this conversation's very interesting because um, I don't want to be insensitive by any means. Obviously, um, if you go to a gay male party um, and your pronouns are not he, him, um, and you are in a dress, is that the same party?
1: Yeah. That's a fair question because you you have actually dealt with this at the Dinah recently. Yeah. Finally, the Dinah, a couple years back, started being a little bit more inclusive and saying um, not just, you know... Cis women are welcome here at the Dyna. Anybody identifies as a female or as non-binary is welcome at the Dyna. Right, right. And and how did that change? Did it change the environment? Did it feel different to you, or did it feel like, hey, we're we're doing something good here?
2: Yeah, I think inclusivity is really the most important, and the party is for um, people who are attracted to women. Okay. So, or, um, or it used to be just people who were attracted to women. Mm-hmm. And now because it's such a large scale, it's non-binary people. It's people um, who are bisexual. It's, it, it just opens it up so much. Um, and I think that's really important because I think everyone needs a safe space. But if you are in a dress... I don't know if your pronouns are not he, him and you're in a dress, if them telling you that the party isn't for you, if that's homophobic or if they're saying like this party is for um, for men who who say they're uh, identify as men.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't don't know that this person in a dress didn't identify as a man. And that's a whole another another wrinkle, and right. that's the interesting thing because it feels sometimes, and I think this is almost we're going through growing pains, and we when we have uh, come so far and gotten so many rights so quickly as as a community, especially as gay people. Now I'm, the trans community is a different story right now because they're they're being attacked left and right, but I feel especially as gay men, we've been recognized and accepted uh, so quickly, finally that. I fear that sometimes we forget that it wasn't that long ago that we were the other. And I think that if you start to break it down and say, you're not welcome, you're not welcome, you're not welcome. Well, gay bars only exist because none of us were welcome anywhere else. Yeah. So if you start telling, you know, a man or non-binary person or trans person who comes in in the dress that they're not welcome – that feels like a slippery slope to me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So so I
1: I hear this and this is a really, I'm sure we're going to continue having this conversation. This article is just a a jumping off point, Um, but I'm sure we'll continue having this in the days and weeks ahead.
2: Absolutely. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursday. Do you have depression or lifestyle fatigue? Ever heard of it? You might have it coming up. Tell me
1: something good. All right. This is a crisis taking place in Los Angeles uh, that is getting some uh, positive reinforcement. Uh, if you've been to Los Angeles in recent years, the the unhoused situation is just it's just a little bit out of control, and unfortunately, oftentimes you know the the remedies we have for the unhoused uh, don't really suit the situation. A lot of times, it comes down to mental health. Right, and addressing that as opposed to just saying, "Oh, here's here's a sandwich and five dollars," right? Right. Well, LA's first street psychiatrist is making um, his sidewalk rounds, transforming homeless lives. I love this. His name is Dr. Cheyenne Rob, and he um, and, and, and is hanging out uh, all over Skid Row. And he goes around. He's 51 years old. and goes around and takes um, gives advice and helps those in need. And he actually gives psychiatry advice to the homeless, which I think is so, so beautiful.
2: Beautiful. Because
1: oftentimes there is a man, and I I can't think of his name, I feel like his name was John or something, but he used to be standing outside of our grocery store years ago. And a few different times, uh, my husband now, would stop and talk to him, he'd buy him dinner or give him whatever cash he had on him. And one time he stood there and talked to him for like half an hour. And the guy said to him that first time, it's been years since anybody's talked to me, like years since I've had a conversation with somebody. And we all think that our mental health has struggled because of this pandemic, because we've been isolated. Imagine living on the streets, not knowing where you're going to get your next meal or where you're going to sleep every night. And nobody will even talk to you because they assume that you must be, you know, dangerous or crazy or something, Mm -hmm. when oftentimes it's not the case. So what this doctor is doing is really courageous. Skid Row is not a safe, safe space, but... Uh, those are human beings who need help, and to offer your, you know, psychiatric uh, skills, I think is really cool.
2: Absolutely. All right, this story is amazing. Cardi B surprised her former Bronx middle school with a one hundred thousand dollar donation for the arts program. She looked adorable. The kids were so excited. And whatever you want to say about Cardi B, she really does give back. She puts her money where her mouth is, and I think she's just adorable. And I love this. The arts programs are so, so important. Uh, As a singer growing up, that was like my safe space, and um, it's just beautiful. All right, uh, we have a great show for you tomorrow. Uh, Will Rollins, who is the Democratic candidate for Congress, In California's 41st Congressional District in Palm Springs is joining us uh, today. Make sure you stick around because coming up on Loveline, we're revisiting non-monogamy with Dr. Chris. Uh, So it'll be a great show for you to tune into. And we'll see you tomorrow.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?